Audio. I'm Carson Sestouli. The attentive listener might recognize that, in fact, this is the second episode of Fangraphs Audio released just today, the first being a conversation that I had with Dave Cameron, both with regard to an unforgettable day of baseballing action on Wednesday, September 28th, uh, and also a look ahead to both the American and National League's divisional series. However, uh, when I learned that two Fangraphs writers, both Mike Exisa, also over at Rav Blues, um, and Tommy Rancel, uh, who also does some ESPN radio work in the Tampa Bay area. But I learned that they had, in fact, been at the press box in Tropicana Field for the Rays' historic comeback against the New York Yankees, which, in fact, capped a historic comeback in the month of September for the Rays. I decided that it made a lot of sense to get their own first-hand accounts of exactly what was going on in Tropicana Field. And what follows, Tommy, Mike, and I discussed the lead-up to that Yankees-Rays game, the phenomena of scoreboard watching at Tropicana Field, and exactly how much champagne Tommy ended up with on the outside part of his body. All of that is happening right now on this edition of Fangraphs Audio. It's Fangraphs Audio. I'm here with Mike Exisa and Tommy Rensel, both of uh, various publications, uh, Definitely one of those publications being Fangraphs, but also, uh, Tommy, you're like a million things. Where are you now, mostly? Uh, mostly ESPN 1040, uh, Tampa Bay, doing some radio, doing some uh, some online work. So I'm pretty much there, and of course, at the home base at Fangraphs. Right, okay, yeah, and uh, uh, in addition, I should say, nice to meet you, Tommy. Well, nice to meet you, too. Yeah, uh, if only by audio. Uh, now, I know that uh, in photographs I've seen of you, you have a proclivity for gold chains. Are you wearing any of those at the moment? I'm only wearing one. Mm. No to, backwards hat. You're gonna have to address that uh, in the future. I see. And then two we charms, also, though. Two charms. <laughs> we also have uh, uh, Mr. New York Mike Exisa here, calling us from wherever his home is in in the city. Probably one of the boroughs. However many of those there are. How you doing, Mike? I'm very well. How are you doing? Good. I'm well too. You guys are both here because. Well, you guys are both here virtually because, actually, yesterday you were at uh, Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida, where you witnessed one of the dumbest things to ever happen in baseball, um, but the best possible kind of dumb, I guess, especially if you're a Rays fan. Probably indifferent if you're a Yankees fan, which you are, Mike. Uh, first, let's find out, Mike, why were you there? I was there for my site, River Avenue Blues, and we have like an association with the Yes Network that can help us get press passes to uh, certain uh, certain games. And, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the schedule, tried to pick out a few series that would be meaningful. And last night, we thought, you know, we thought that this would be a meaningful series. And it was for the Rays, but not for the Yankees. And that's kind of how I ended up there. And, um, you know, I went there kind of expecting a bunch of boring games because the Yankees had already clinched. And I honestly didn't expect the Rays to make a comeback like that. But it Turned out to be a pretty awesome trip. So you were you were actually there for the whole series. Yeah, I was there all three games. Okay, and and so you sort of witnessed firsthand this thing uh, go from a possibility uh, to uh, I guess a, not a probability, but you know 
something closer to that. I mean, because they they tied the Red Sox, you know, going into the last uh, you know day. Yeah. And then and then last night happened. Yeah, and I mean, each day got uh, a little bit crazier than the day before, it, and you know, they were showing the scores on the, uh, the the scores of the Red Sox Orioles games on the scoreboard between innings and after the game and everything, and it was. Uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, I'm very glad that uh, I was able to just kind of sit back and enjoy it. And since I was there just covering the Yankees, I didn't really have much to worry about because their season was pretty much done. So I could just, as a fan, just sit there and enjoy it. And that was the best part. Yeah, right. Now, Tommy, uh, you're obviously r- reporting on this more from a Rays side. Uh, uh, Mike kind of brought us back to the beginning of the series. Is that when things started getting... Um, super ridiculous uh, in the, in that area, or did it, did it start before that? And how did it escalate? Yeah, it kind of you know when, when the Rays returned home uh, from New York and, and they dropped the first game to Toronto, uh, you, you started to think maybe this was the beginning of the end. But then they took the final two from ter- from Toronto, and and you know that's when uh, New York was handling Boston, and and uh, so as those two things were going on, you kind of knew that that this was going to be a crazy. Uh, final three games and uh, I think they saved the best for last because it was definitely the craziest thing uh, I've ever seen Right, and now to the game itself what was the general sense I don't don't know uh, what sort of um, uh, interviews you guys were conducting leading up to the game or if that was even in your purview Uh, maybe Tommy, talk about the what you could tell amongst the players especially on the race side uh, you know they were just loose, and, and that's one of the things they they these guys have been loose this whole time. I think uh, you know nobody felt the pressure to to have to complete the comeback. They were just out there, uh, you know, just doing what they do. Is you know with Johnny Damon on the team, we felt like a, a bunch of idiots out there. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I can attest uh, before before the games they were playing golf uh, on, on the Astro Turf at Tropicana Field. So this was a loose bunch, and then they were really just enjoying the moment. For, for the Rays, the, the playoffs started two weeks ago when they had to go head-to-head with Boston seven times in the span of a week. So that's when, you know, they really got into this playoff mode and, and they just continued to stay loose and, and stay within themselves and, and they just enjoyed the whole ride. Yeah, and then, uh, Mike, as far as uh, sort of setting up the game, did the Yankees, I mean, they don't really have to do much. As you said, as a fan, you were sort of disengaged. Uh, we're yeah. not necessarily disengaged, but you were in a sort of uh, a situation where y- you were able to just kind of witness this. Uh, yeah. it, were the players kind of feeling the same thing? Because obviously the game, it got off uh, in the Yankees' favor in a, in a considerable way. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely uh, yesterday. As soon as Teixeira hit that grand slam, I thought that was like pretty much it. I, I think a lot of people thought that. Um, and as far as the Yankees go, it wasn't... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I can't really speak for them. I don't know if they were enjoying it as fans, but it kind of just seemed like business as usual for them. Like, they didn't uh, have any sort of extra importance. Like, I'm sure they obviously knew what was at stake, and uh, but it, it certainly didn't. They would just seem like they were focused on themselves, and obviously, given their situation, that's what they should have done. And, I mean, we knew beforehand, before the game, that Joe Girardi was not going to use Mariano Rivera, wasn't going to use David Robertson, he was going to probably pull all his regulars in the fifth or sixth inning. They actually ended up playing more than they expected, but um, they just kind of, you know, it was business as usual on that end. And I didn't, you know, I didn't interact too much with the Rays guys. Right now, uh, we get to the game, and uh, what is it? Through the first two winnings, the Yankees are up five-zero, including a Mark Teixeira yeah. grand slam. Yep. 
and yeah, I think, you know, like I said, uh, a lot of people, I think, thought that the Grand Slam was basically the other thing. Because it was obvious at that point that David Price was just not, it just wasn't working for him uh, last night. And, you know, you figure it was only going to get worse from there. And really it did when it got to 7 nothing, And, you know. Yeah, Tommy, the, yeah. Tommy what did you see in David Price there? Yeah, you know, it just, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what, what the game plan was because, you know, he was attacking to share with, with, with fastballs, but then, you know, when it came to, uh, Eduardo Nunez and Brandon Large, the, you know, he was throwing curveballs and, and so I, I didn't really know what the game plan was there. When it got 5 nothing, you know, you start to kind of look to Baltimore and say, well, hopefully Baltimore can pull it out and Evan Longoria said that post game, you know, when he's going to, you know, up to bat and down 7 nothing, you know, part of him is thinking, you know, I, I hope Baltimore can pull this out and, and, you know, he said it was kind of hard to stay focused. You know, on his at bat when when you're kind of rooting for a, a team that you have no control over. Right, and then in terms of like as a as a fan or maybe the you know the sort of uh, scene in the stands and in the press box. Yeah, it was definitely you know pretty deflated once once to share hit the grand slam and then you know over those next few innings where the Yankees kind of you know tacked on a couple runs there and, and then the race started to go to the bullpen and then dip into the Juan Cruz of the world. You know, I think everybody was kind of paying more attention to the scoreboard and then watching the three to two game than then what was going on. Action really didn't pick up a Tropicana field uh, until the eighth inning. So you had pretty much from the second inning to the eighth inning with you know pretty much scoreboard watching and then not much going on in terms of the the play on the field or in front of us. Right, and then uh, we get to uh, we get to the the rain delay in Boston. Uh, and uh, there's probably no chance that that game was going to be suspended um, or called. Um, so we get to we get to I guess what uh, about 10 o'clock, a little after 10 p.m., yeah. uh, which is sort of when things start to churn. Um, did, what who what happened? The pitchers, uh, the Yankees went through a bunch of pitchers. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, and and that was the plan all along. You know, the only uh, the only guys Girardi really committed to using were Phil Hughes and Boone Logan before the game because they're going to be on the playoff roster and he just kind of wanted to schedule them for an inning. Everybody else was like a triple-A call-up and they ended up using like 13 pitchers in the game. At one point, they used three pitchers to get three outs and, um, you know, the thing is when you use that many pitchers in a game, sooner or later, one of those guys is going to be off and the vet in the eighth inning, they kind of ran into two guys that were off and all of a sudden, it went from 7 nothing to 7-6 and, uh, I mean, the place, forget it. Even though, I mean, there was a good amount of people that had left already because it was 7 nothing in the seventh inning and it was a school night and people went home. And, but the people that did stay, I mean, that building, it's amazing how loud it gets, obviously, because it's a dome. But, you know, it was definitely kind of an electric atmosphere. Tommy, uh, about that time, well, it's a note to make is I think that maybe even the, uh, the announced attendance wasn't very big. It was uh, 22 or something like that? Uh, it was 29, j- just shy of 30. Oh, okay, all right. That's uh, that's that's more than I heard, I guess. Uh, what what was the uh, I, I mean, it, what was the thing that sort of set people off? Yeah, you know, obviously when when Longoria hits the home run, you know that that was a big moment. Uh, you know, when you get from seven nothing to get it to seven six, I think the the roof almost kind of blew off at that moment. But even prior to that, just you know, 
the, the little things that the, the Rays have done all season, Sam Foley getting the bases loaded walk, uh, Sean Rodriguez getting hit by the pitch to score a run, you kind of felt that at that point they were chipping away, chipping away, and, and knowing that, you know, you weren't, that, that even in a situation like that, Girardi wasn't going to go to a Soriano type or, or a Robertson type to, to get out of the inning. He was just going to let these guys, you know, get, get their work in. You, you kind of felt like, okay, you know, maybe one run at a time, and then Laguardia with the big blast. Obviously, at that moment, you know, you instantly feel that the team is back in the game. Right, and then we go to the ninth inning, uh, which didn't actually really even go that well uh, until until Johnson's. Uh, at bat because I think we had um, uh, help me out here I, we had a couple batters you had uh, Zobris, Zobris and Kochman were, were, were the two guys uh, ahead of them both guys got out uh, and then you, you had Johnson uh, you know fall behind in the count one two right and uh, Johnson obviously he's he, back in was it 2008 where he helped him some no no uh, more recently than that uh, okay. yeah, 2008 and 2010 he, he's done it, he's done it a couple times for us Right, but you you also had to know. You also knew, of course, that uh, he had been up to that point. I think it was highlighted by Dave Cameron on the site. I think he had been the second to worst hitter in the majors uh, with at least 90 plate appearances, um, and he was only better than Roy Halladay. <laughs> yeah, and his, his last hit, his last hit had come in on, on April 27th. Uh, he spent most of the time in in Triple A Durham, uh, where he was the reigning. 2010 uh, International League MVP. <laughs> right. Now, uh, at this point, uh, what's going on in the Red Sox game? Do we know where we are? Play hasn't even I resumed, think, I guess. I, no, I don't think at that point that... I think that um, it had just resumed. I remember, actually, uh, I was kind of following along on game day at the same time, and I remember... They yeah, I think Asivas may have just started hitting guys at that point. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. He, he had he warmed up through like a pitch or whatever it was. Sat down for two hours, came back, and then he started hitting guys. And um, you know they didn't score then, but uh, I think that's right when Johnson hit the home run. I think is when that game resumed. Because I remember seeing on Twitter and stuff a lot of the Red Sox uh, writers and stuff, the guys that cover that team are like, "Well, Tampa just tied it up, so all of a sudden this one run lead is not as uh, you know that this game is a little bit more uh, strenuous than we thought." Okay. Now the, the the crowd must have gone absolutely insane with Johnson's home run. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was loud when Longoria hit the first home run, but I mean, it was completely deafening when Johnson hit that home run because, like you said, they were down to their final strike of the season, and uh, I actually made a talking to Tommy before the game. We talked joked about Corey Wade being the embedded Ray. You know, they actually sent him to the Yankees for that purpose to serve up that home run. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, yeah, Andrew Friedman did a masterful job uh, of setting this up. He had he had Soriano in the game before give up the home run to Joyce yeah. uh, to yeah. put the Rays ahead. Get that? We had uh, Corey Wade giving the the meatball changeup down the middle to Johnson, and then you know later on we we had Crawford misplay the ball in left field to to, uh, to clinch the wild card. So it's really all this is all part of the extra two percent. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's gonna. It's going to be in the sequel. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, uh, so, yeah. Well, it will add up to 102 percent at that point. It'll be the extra, extra 102 percent. It'll. It'll be like, uh, like the the smartest kids in a in a not great high school just getting uh, tons of uh, extra credit at that point. Um, so, all right. So we had that point, and yeah, it really was down to two strikes, 
at, at that point. And I wonder, Tommy, at that point, uh, your feelings as a Rays fan and, and reporter, are you sort of thinking that eh, it, it was fun, but it's Dan Johnson with two strikes on him, and maybe this is maybe this is it. Yeah, and, and you know, all, all of us, we, we're, we like the tangible stuff. You know, we're, we're on fan graphs. We're, we're looking, you know, most of the season we're looking at matchups, looking at numbers. But, but at that moment, you know, you, you throw all that out the window and, and, you know, you just become a fan and you're just hoping that something happens. You don't care if Dan Johnson's hitting 108, Corey Wade is effective against lefties with his changeup. You, you know, all that goes out the window in that one moment. You're just looking for the positive result and, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the the race kind of just went for a little bit of karma there, knowing Johnson's done it before. He's been in the situation before. You know, what else do we have to lose right there? And, and the interesting thing is after the game, Joe Madden said that one of those guys reached base before, you know, that, that spot came up that Sam Fold was going to hit for himself. So it had uh, Zobrist or Kostkin reach base there uh, before. Sam Fold was going to bat, and, and maybe Johnson doesn't get a uh, doesn't get into the game. Actually, Johnson wasn't even anticipating getting in. He was in the batting cage. They had to call him and say, hey, you know, you're up. And, uh, you know, like I said, at that point, you know, all the numbers, everything goes out the window, win probability, and you're just hoping for, for a miracle. And Dan Johnson's a miracle maker. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a miracle. And it wasn't the only, it wasn't the only miracle. Now, there were a little, uh, uh, now, there were obviously, it was baseball being played. Uh, the, the Yankees, uh, the Yankees got some guys on base, and notably um, Evan Longoria with uh, Greg Golson on third uh, made a heads-up play, uh, mm-hmm. tagging him out. Um, but the next real event to happen was the final score uh, in Boston, and I, I saw it, I've seen it on video. But was that a thing that uh, did people react to the scoreboard, or did it kind of circulate through the crowd before that? You know, that was. Um that, I thought that was really kind of weird and interesting the way that happened because apparently at some point they turned the TVs or at least some of the TVs in the press box to the Orioles game. The one that was like right in front of me was still on the Rays broadcast. But I turned my head to my right to look at the monitor kind of down the aisle. And there, the only thing I see is the Boston game and I see the two outfielders running after the ball that Rymel hit. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the ball was just like in the air and the outfielders were running. And that's when the crowd started to cheer. I don't know how they knew that Baltimore had just tied the game, but somehow they knew. And uh, it seemed like from that point, I remember at that moment, B.J. Optimus batting, and the cheers were so loud, he actually had to step out of the box because, you know, the crowd was just completely going nuts. And then eventually they kind of made it official. They headed up on the uh, on the scoreboard where they showed the score all night. And I thought that was really interesting because it seemed like the crowd basically knew what was happening in real time. In real time, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is bizarre. Tommy, did you notice anything? I mean, with the the the, the raised bench and players, I, I mean, they're obviously aware of this at some level. It, it, did, did, was it uh, was it noticeable to you? Yeah, they they said after the game that you know they heard the crowd, and so they they knew based on the crowd reactions that that something good was happening. You know, when when Longoria got up to the plate, he said he didn't know exactly. What had happened, but, you know, the, the fact that the crowd was cheering, he knew it was something good. And then James Shields, who was actually in the bullpen, uh, at this point said, you know, fans are telling him, you know, Baltimore did it, you know, go, go get this game. And so, you know, the, the Rays really found out th- through the crowd. And then obviously, well, once the score went final, it's posted, crowd goes crazy. And then Evan Longoria does this thing three minutes later. Right. Now, you're not supposed to cheer in the press box, but I wonder what the attitude was up there. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 
there, there's no. I think that kind of went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a very. I mean, the whole there's no cheering in the press box thing. But I mean, everybody was just kind of just glued to the screen watching the Orioles, and it, it wasn't people. I want. I don't want to say anybody was like cheering. But it was more just like, oh my gosh, they blew their game. You know, how, how, how does that happen? Yeah, it was more like that kind of reaction instead of people saying, yeah, they blew it. So there, there, there weren't high fives going around or anything, but there was definitely, you know, everybody, oh, you know, that I can't believe that just happened. You know, people jumping out of their seats and, and stuff like that. Yeah, but, no, uh, you no, know, no, no celebrating, but that definitely audible reaction and everybody just kind of did. Can you believe this just happened? Right. Now, Mike, I, you're a Yankees fan. Uh, I wonder, are you feeling some amusement at this point? Oh yeah, I've enjoyed this this whole thing, especially once the Yankees kind of clinched, and I knew I really didn't have to worry about any kind of karma or anything. I just could sit back and relax. And yeah, of course I would enjoy it. And I was actually rooting the whole time for a game 163, just uh, because the last few years game 163 has been pretty awesome. So I mean, even if it if the Yankees won and the Red Sox won, I'd be happy because we'd be playing baseball today. And, if it took a Yankee loss, I mean, who really didn't matter to me? But I don't think there's any way a game 163 would top that yesterday. I mean, it was it was just completely unbelievable. You had guys that were been covering baseball 20, 30 years, and they're like, I've never seen anything like this. I could cover this game another 50 years, and I'll still never see anything like this again. It's just amazing. Yeah. Now, at this point, Tommy, uh, when when the announcement, when everyone, uh, you know, the players and the crowd realizes that the Red Sox have lost. Is it, is this is Upton still up or is Longoria up now? Uh, I think it's somewhere somewhere in between because Longoria said he heard uh, you know cheers when when he was up at uh, at the plate. So I don't know if if that was when when they tied the game or or when they went ahead. So I mean in between those two at bats, you know everything happened in that game. You had uh, the tie game and then and then you had the uh, the winning run come across the plate. So in between those two at bats. You, know, you had everything going on in the stands, and, and like I said, these guys are trying to concentrate at the plate, you know, to try, trying to win the game in front of them. So uh, it was, uh, I, I, again, you know, we're talking about it. A lot of words were written about it, but, you know, uh, unless you're watching it again or if you were there, you know, watching it live, nothing is going to do it justice. Now for you, Tommy, was there a sense of, you know, in, in the, I'm not demanding there to be have been, but is there a sense of inevitability with Longoria up? Uh, if you look back on it, or or were you? Uh, what was your sort of state at this point? Well, at this point, you know, I'm just I'm just saying they have to win this game. You know, whether it was Longoria or you know uh, you know anybody behind them, uh, I think Longoria had done enough up to that point. Where between starting the triple play the day before, uh, <laughs> three run home run in the, in the eighth inning again, the great tag on Golston, which. You know, if he doesn't make that play, you know, and the Yankees score at the top of the inning, who knows what happens there. So, you know, he had done enough to that point, but obviously he wanted to win the AL MVP because that's how you win MVPs. You, you, you get your team to the playoffs. And so he wanted to win the AL MVP, and, and I think he did that with that swing. Yeah, or maybe uh, Robert Andino. Not necessarily the playoffs, but... Uh... You know, uh, cool MVPs. <laughs> cool MVPs. Uh, and then, yeah. and then the home run. Exisa, thoughts on that? I mean, it was that just? Did you know it was going to be out? Because it went over right over the cutout, right? No, yeah, it went over right over that cutout. And I think, uh, I think it was Tommy who said that that thing was actually designed so Carl Crawford could rob home runs. Um, I'm not sure yeah, that that's was, correct. I don't know. So the, I thought that was pretty interesting. But yeah, it was a line drive, and I mean, it wasn't a. 
I wasn't even sure if it was going to stay fair because it was like really right down the line. And, uh, you know, if it would have bounced off the wall, the witness surprised me. And, you know, it just kind of snuck over. And, uh, I mean, it was a bullet. It wasn't like an actual fly ball. It was a straight line drive over the wall. And, uh, that was definitely one of the coolest, uh, things I've ever seen live in a baseball game. And people just flipping out, I assume, players and fans alike. Yeah, I mean, even in the press box, you know, it was the same thing. Nobody was cheering, but we were just like, I can't believe what I just, you know, the whole, yeah, <laughs> I can't believe what I just saw. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Tommy, what is, you know, what's your, because you're, you're also uh, reporting on the game from the race side, what's your responsibility slash reaction at this point? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, with a game like that, 7 nothing, and then the comeback, I mean, if that was a regular season game, you would have said, you know, well, this is amazing. Every, you know, I think you would have had a lot of the same reaction. I can't believe they came back. But then, you know, there was a point where, where the team ran on the field and they started handing out the shirts, and you realize that they're going to the playoffs based on this. Uh, you know, an hour ago, the, the season looked like it was going to be over, and now they're going to the playoffs. There's no play-in game tomorrow. It's done. The Rays are going to the playoffs. You know, considering, you know, what happened in the off season, the ups and downs, the slow start, the Manny Ramirez thing, you know, kind of getting back into contention, falling back. I think, I think at some point they, they were 11 games behind the Red Sox at some point in the season, obviously going into September, nine games back. So, I mean, at that moment, you know, the, the walk-off, it's great, but then you realize that they're going to the playoffs because of what just happened, I think. You know, when they start to hand everything out, that's when you kind of realize that, you know, I need to go get down there and, and cover my eyes because there's going to be champagne bath uh, going on here. Yeah, yeah, that's in fact, uh, Eric Hammond, uh said that you were down there and you uh, you were actually able to get, a, you were, I don't know, able to, I don't know if that's how you felt about it, but you, you, were, you were doused a little bit. Yeah, yeah you, there, there's no uh, being able, you have no choice, you know, the, these guys are out there. They're spies in the corner, looking out for who's dry. You know, they'll make sure that that, that everybody gets a little bit, a uh, little bit on them in the celebration. Yeah, I was uh, like a couple minutes here for the game ended. I was still in the press box. I hadn't headed down to the clubhouse yet. And I look over, and down the aisle was Todd Callis, and he's the Rays sideline reporter. And he's putting on like this big poncho and everything, and I thought that was the funniest thing. It was like <laughs> it just kind of capped off the night scene and put on this this like big gigantic thing just to uh, just to kind of stay dry during the celebration. And then uh, later in the night, you know, Tommy came by just to say goodbye before we left and everything, and he was just forget it soaked. And you could smell it in the press box. Everybody <laughs> came back from you could just smell the champagne. <laughs> Tommy, did you go to bed? Uh, about five thirty in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And uh, now, what are you gonna, Mike? What are you gonna give this out of ten? This this game, this uh, on a scale of ten, what do you what do you give it? You know, I'm usually a hard grader, but yeah. that was definitely a ten. Yeah. I mean, I can't. There's no way you can top that. You just can't do it. All right, and uh, Tommy, you, do you uh, can it fit on the ten scale for you? Mike gave it a ten. I'm going to give it a twelve. Give it that extra two percent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun talking to you, um, Mike. I'll say goodbye to you. Thanks. Thanks for your uh, your report from uh, maybe a, from the point of view of a neutral supporter at that point. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Sure. Okay. And uh, Tommy, uh, uh, 
obviously uh, you had the you definitely had a horse in this particular game, and the and the horse won a bizarre but uh, I'm sure uh, exciting victory. Thanks for joining us too. Alright, thanks, Rob. Alright, thanks a lot. Uh, for those guys, I'm Carson Sestouli, and this is Fangraphs Audio.